Welcome to The Follow-Up, a podcast by Coram Deo Church. In this podcast, we break down the truths of Sunday and make them applicable for your everyday life. Welcome to The Follow-Up, everyone. My name is Billy Glosson, and I am the lead pastor of Coram Deo Church. And with me is my good friend, uh, Deacon of Coram Deo Music, Michael Tooley. Hello, hello. So we are back at it. Uh, we saw last week that people liked the video, so we're doing it again. The um, video is a good idea. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> so my wife was pretty skeptical. She didn't... Uh, so it's it's interesting. Um, in the world of podcasting, people actually prefer almost to watch yeah, than to wanna, listen. They want to see You want to interact. You want to hear see it, this. which I think is, is pretty unique. But my wife, you know, is awesome and takes care of our baby. And so she's got a toddler, you know, running around and life is a little crazy. So it's a lot easier for her to listen. And so she's like, well, that's what most people do. And I was like, well, no, it's actually pretty popular. We had a discussion, but anyways, we're trying it. And um, maybe you guys agree with Hannah and you like the audio. And so in that case, you can keep listening, but if you like like to watch, you can check this out on YouTube and you'll see us there. So we have been going through the Psalms of Ascent. It has been, man, just a huge, again, gift, a blessing to walk through the Psalms of Ascent. And so this past week, we were in Psalm 125, and uh, it was awesome. So this is what Psalm 125 says. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountain surrounds Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. So we spent time walking through this psalm, talking about the reality that we can trust in the Lord. And so kind of the the... the the points that we went through, the way that we walked through this psalm, is the first thing is we see our security in the Lord, right? That's really what the psalm points us to. It points us to the way of faith. Um, we looked at the first two verses, and it talks a lot about giving us a, a mental picture that those who trust in the Lord are rooted like Mount Zion. And then what is our God like? Well, he's like the mountains that surround Jerusalem. And so for us living here in Morganton, we have a pretty great visual picture too. We have an iconic mountain. That's what our logo is based on. Table Rock, and uh, it sits over. In fact, when you walk up to our office, if you go, get upstairs, you you look over to the left, you see in the big picture window, you see Table Rock and Hawksbill. It's really yeah. cool. And so we have this visual image of like, we can be rooted like Table Rock. And in a similar manner, we are in a valley. We're in the Catawba Valley, nestled between the South Mountains and the Linville Gorge. And so we are literally quite enveloped in by mountains. And so we have this same mental picture here for us as well. And I love that, that those of us who trust in the Lord can be rooted and established like Table Rock, and we can be hemmed in like the mountains that surround us. So that's the the first place we started. And then the second thing we saw was that there is a dangerous world that we live in. And the challenge was in verse three that says, the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. And so we talked about this challenge of living in a fallen world, but yet this ambition and hope to look to something greater, that one day Christ will come, he will return. And then finally we landed the plane with the conclusion of this psalm, which is a prayer that is prayed to 
do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in heart, but those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. And so I kind of gave us two resources that this psalm lands the plane with. The first one is this prayer, this idea of praying that God's purposes would be done in us and in our world. And I shared this quote from Eugene Peterson. He said, all the persons of faith I know are sinners, doubters, uneven performers. We are secure, not because we're sure of ourselves, but because we trust that God is sure of us. The opening phrase of this psalm is, those who trust in God, not those who trust in their performance, in their morals, in their righteousness, in their health, in their pastor, in their doctor, in their president, in their economy, in their nation. Those who trust in God. Those who decide that God is for us and will make us whole eternally. So, Michael, when we think about praying this way, um, with a sincere heart, longing to trust the Lord and ask for his good and holy reign, I mean, how does that look in your life? What does it look like to pray a prayer like that? Well, I think this psalm, like many of the psalms that we've gone through so far, teach us something about the posture of our hearts when we come to prayer. Um, even if it's lament, uh, which we can talk about on, you know, on, we have talked about on other podcasts and stuff. Um, but praying a prayer uh, uh, that is joyful and hopeful, the posture of your heart starts with God's character yeah, and who he is. Um, you said this on Sunday that, you know, do good, O Lord, to those who are good. The people who are good are the people who know their need for Christ. Mm. who are expressing faith in Jesus and it's not their own goodness. It's, it's the goodness of Christ. Like he is why we can pray this prayer um, because of what he's done for us on, on the cross. And so it's kind of this be still and know that I'm God moment. It is this, when you're going about your day, there, there's kind of two, you know, two lanes you can be in when you are approaching prayer. And, and again, this is, often mistaken for lament is where we just kind of complain out loud yeah. and say amen at the end. Hmm. Um, if if your complaining doesn't culminate with a return to the Lord, it's not lament. Wow. It just isn't according to scripture. Um, and so, but then there's the other lane that approaches God knowing rightly who he is. He is a good God. He is for us. And so... Yeah, when it's Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning and you're in the, the normalness of life, the mundane, um, you're a couple days removed from the corporate gathering of the saints and, and singing and maybe the emotions you felt during the sermon. It's the middle of the week. It's just reflecting on who God is first. Yeah. And approaching approaching him in prayer like that. It, it really does begin to mold and shape you the more you pray um understanding who god is the basis of everything you ask for becomes him becomes his character his goodness his faithfulness and uh yeah trusting in him i think it's so profound that we understand the character of who our god is so often we 
can almost have this view of God that he's this vindictive bully in the sky, you right. know, that he is, you know, you know, like people jokingly are like, oh, you know, my sky daddy might get mad at me. Like I've heard people say that, oh, is your sky daddy going to get mad? It's like, well, let's calm down and let's actually look yeah. at who the character of God is. This is what he says in Jeremiah 31, three. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. This is a God who is steadfast, who defends and protects. He teaches, he guides, he keeps, he provides, right? This is what we see. I mean, we just, if you're reading the CBR with us, we just read Psalm 23. We all know this, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God is for you. Romans 8 is the big kind of like massive epic passage for us as believers, but we see it throughout scripture time and time again that God cares for you. He is providing for you, right? Jude, I love the end of, uh, we, we went through the book of Jude earlier this year. In the end of Jude, the doxology says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Yeah, Man, what a rich hope. And so when we pray this way, we pray with confidence. We pray with an assurance that God is for us, right? We, we're in the book of Philippians right now in the CBR. We're going to preach through that this fall. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Right. Yeah. And I love that you brought up uh, Psalm 23 because that, that brings up a, something that's been heavy on my mind lately. Um you know, last week I mentioned that I had an interview and uh, right. I got that job. Yeah. Um, one Woo-hoo. of the things that God is, <laughs> yes, it is very exciting. Yeah. One of the things that God has really restored my, like an area that he's restored my soul is it was easy for me and maybe it's easy for others to when a good thing happens in your life, you're like, oh great, what bad thing is going to follow this? And we begin to kind of view God through that lens of like, oh, he's going to, something good's going to happen, but then something bad's right around the corner. Mm. And one of the books that you had me read before I moved out to North Carolina was The J-Curve. Great book. Really great book. By Paul Miller, if you're looking it up. He talks about how we're living in the shadow of the resurrection and how their life is full of, you know, these, these little deaths and little resurrections. And so I love in Psalm 23 he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. or another rendition of that is the valley of death's shadow, mm-hmm. I will fear no evil because you were with me. And so reading the J curve kind of has me in this mindset that the, like there is death shadow but everything in life is a foreshadow to the new heavens, the new earth, being with God, ultimate glory of God. And I would call that resurrection shadow. Yeah. And so moments like that in your life, when you have joy, when you have things to celebrate, begin to be transformed. And now you know, like, this is just a foreshadow. This is a taste of, like, new life, newness, all pointing, like, like billboards to the glory of God, to his goodness, to his character. And I was talking with my wife about even the nature of how this job unfolded and everything like that. There were hard parts of the last year that I wouldn't have experienced God's grace in the same way had I not gone through them. Wow. And so I just think that, you know, kind of full circle, bringing it back to this Psalm. Yeah. Yeah praying for God's will, the only way you're going to be able to pray that is by knowing him better. 
Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to constantly be battling with this thought that we all have in our heads. I'm smarter. I could do it better than God. It's so true, man. It's so true. So we start with this resource of prayer, right? right. We, we would encourage yeah. and petition you. Like, back, back, zoom back in. Sorry. Let's No, you're good, man. It's great stuff. Um, let's be a people that pray that God would have his will and work in our lives. But then let's see second, that this, it gives us another resource, which is the people of God. Right. So one thing I don't want to be lost on you is that this psalm is a psalm of ascent. And the psalms of ascent are communal psalms. Yeah. So very much, this is a psalm that has personal implications. There are things that apply to my life, to your life, in unique, specific ways. But they also apply to us universally as a community. They apply to us in the way that we interact with each other and the way that we interact in our world. And so this psalm is meant to be sung over one another, calling each other to trust in abide in, rest in God and his providence and his kindness. So I read from Hebrews 3, which Hebrews 3 says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So exhortation is this uh, idea of a strong encouragement. So maybe it's a little bit of a challenge and an encouragement. And, and, and I, I need this as much as you need this. We need each other. We need the encouragement of the saints. So this morning, um, I asked Michael to go ahead and set this up in his office because I knew he was getting into the office a little bit earlier than me. And I came in here, we sat down at this table, and before we even you know turned lights on or, or, or started recording, we just sat here and talk and encourage each other. Hey man, yeah. these are things I'm struggling with lately. I feel like I'm I'm wrestling with selfishness in my in my day to day life. You know, having a, a child can do that to you. And Michael just encouraged me, and vice versa. And that's such a unique and beautiful thing that we have in the fellowship of faith. So, Michael, what does it look like to both seek out encouragement and to be an encourager? So I'll say that again. What does it look like for you to go out and and see others encouraging you, like saying, "Hey, I need." your help. I'm, I'm struggling to trust in the Lord, but also what does it look like then to give that back, to reciprocate that? Man, I don't have an easy answer to this because the, the simplicity of it is that what it looks like is effort. Wow. That's good. You have to show up. You have to show up for both, right? It is so easy for us. And you and I've, you know, determined this through a, through a, I guess we can call it an argument that I am an introvert. Um, Billy is not, if you don't know. Surprise. Yeah. I will sit at home in the depth of despair, feeling unpursued. Mm. Someone will reach out. Hey, you want to get together? Mm, I'm busy. Oh, nobody's pursuing me. All of us do this. All of us do this, even even extroverts at times. Mm-hmm. I think it's a trap of the devil. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. like, of course it is, like, yeah. He wants to destroy you. He wants to keep you isolated. Yeah. You have to show up. And so whether it's pursuing others or wanting to be pursued, man, like let's be as practical as possible. If there's a men's event, which there was just this last Saturday, mm-hmm. Go to it, men. Yeah. yeah. The women's events are coming up. Go to them. Like, 
utilize the resources that are utilize what's in front of you. But then there's also just this really simple call. Um, My wife has been really good about this. Um, This is something that God laid on her heart a while ago. When she feels unpursued, it's a reminder for her to say, okay, God, who should I pursue? That's really good. And so she will get on her phone and reach out to three or four women that she's just, whoever comes to mind and reach out and try to get together with them or like encourage them. How can I pray for you? You know, it, it does take effort, but it's not, it doesn't take much mm-hmm. because we have the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, and so like even that, the thing we did on Saturday, like getting together to build a ramp, it was so life-giving. Yeah, it was awesome. And it, not yeah. because we got to like tear things apart and use power tools. I mean, that was cool too. But being with my brothers and like, you know, just being in proximity to them and encouraging one another and serving together, getting to experience what it's like to be like Jesus a little bit. Yeah. You know, washing, washing the, the proverbial feet of a, a, a person in our um, congregation. That was awesome. That was life giving. And so, yeah, you have to show up. You can't, you know, if you're right now happen to be listening to this or watching it and you're thinking, man, why just, I feel such a lack of community to come to church on Sunday. Yeah. Come to C group, look for our events. Like there are resources like that. I'm not saying it's not easy and I'm not saying that like it would be, it would be really nice to always just be pursued, you know, but like I just said it, we're all struggling with this. So we all have to like get up and show up. There's two things that come to mind. The first is this past week. um, This is something I'm, I'm still learning this too. So don't think that just because, Oh, Billy gets it. He's a pastor. He understands like, no, no, I'm learning too. I have not arrived. And just like Paul says, like I've not obtained it yet. I'm still striving for it. So here's the thing. I watched a video this week that was all about things I wish I knew before I was a pastor. And uh, and one of the things he said is that you will have to seek out those whom you want to learn from and mentor you. He says, never once in my entire, like, you know, decades of ministry has anyone been like, I noticed this about you and I want to, like, mentor you. He's like, ever. That has never happened. Um, I have to go and pursue it. And that was really challenging for me because there are moments where I'm like, man, I really wish, you know, this pastor that I care about or this person in the congregation, you know, that we could just like, they would come and they would seek me out or I could go seek them out. And But it's it's this whole thing of like, no, I've got to put the effort first. Um, I would encourage you, friend, to put yourself out there, um, to say to those that you trust, I'm struggling. Man, that is hard to do, but it is so rewarding. The second thing is this. Friends, this is biblically commanded that yeah. we would share in the fellowship of God's love. First yeah. John 4, verses 10 and 12 says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, right? So if, if Jesus has pursued us in love, dying in our place for our sins, what does that mean? We also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Man, that is rich and that is a challenge that we have to take to heart. So friends, here's the deal. We have to trust the Lord. We have to come to him, be vulnerable, pray, seek his face, pray what Jesus teaches us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and then we have to uplift and encourage the saints. We have to put ourselves out there. We have to be an encourager. 
and seek encouragement. It's such a huge, huge aspect. So let me land the plane here by giving you guys a resource and uh, really straightforward, really simple one, each other. Um, yeah. We could give you guys lots of books. We could give you guys videos to watch, podcasts to listen to. But one of the biggest gifts you have is that person that sits in front of you on Sunday. We use a... Um, a resource called uh, DNA Groups, Discover, Nurture, Act. And so right now we're utilizing the Seeing Jesus Together journals. And so in the back of the Seeing Jesus Together journals, right after you get through the, the personal part where you're reading through the scriptures each day, there is a guide in how to read the scriptures together. Friends, utilize that. Grab one or two other people and say, hey, let's do this together. And yeah. start meeting regularly together don't grab a Bible study or some book you see, you know, online. Go get the resource that we have available for you because here's what we want you to get in. We want you to get in this first, the Word of God, more than anything else. There are so many good books. I mean, we mentioned one already on this podcast, The J-Curve. Fantastic stuff out there. But let's go to the best resource we have first, which is God's everlasting Word. Yeah, and don't overcomplicate it. Like the Make scenes it you see, it, the It's such a valuable tool. It's, you know, yeah. It, that's kind of what I was leaning at earlier too, is like, like you want to feel pursued. God has pursued us. Yeah. And he had, he's provided, he calls the church, his bride. He calls it the, his body. So good. And Christ is the head. Um, I just wanted to, to end off with Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Fantastic. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to us. We'll catch you on the next one. Later. Thanks again for listening to the follow-up. To listen to more of our podcasts, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever. To watch us online, you can go to YouTube.com and check us out there. We'll catch you on the next one. End of podcast.